When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, parents, we are so glad to have you with us again this week on the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. My name is Tim Wright, along as always with Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, it's so good to be with you. And, and uh, I, I just want to say a personal word for me and Michael, and Michael might want to chime in as well. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to be with some folks for a Gurian training. And we had a number of you who came up who are listeners, and you were at that training, and and you just told us how much you appreciate listening in to the show and the insights you're getting. So we appreciate you listening, and uh, we really appreciate when you send in your questions. And today we have another really good question. I uh, want to remind you that we are sponsored by our good friends up in the Seattle area, uh, the Center, A Place of Hope. And you can learn more about the great work that they're doing, uh, helping people get through some of the struggles of life, like depression or addictions or whatever it might be. And you can learn more about them on our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. There's a link there. Also a link to a lot of resources that we have for you to help you grow as parents and enjoy the wonder of parenting. So, Michael, you ready today to tackle another listener question? I am, I am, and I second what you were saying about many thanks to people for listening and for the wonderful Gurian summer training in in um, California. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, it was it was a great event. Uh, also, want you to know that uh, we do have some boys summits coming up. Uh, so, if you live in the Phoenix area or can get to the Phoenix area, uh, we've got a summit coming up on Friday, October twenty fifth. It will be in. Uh, the center of Phoenix, and you can learn more about that on helpingboysthrive.org backslash Phoenix. Uh, and Michael, I believe we've got one coming up uh, in the Toledo area in November. Yeah, November 11th, which is Veterans Day um, in Toledo. So we'll do an all-day event there. It's going to be at St. John Jesuit, which is a, a boys' school there, uh, and, and then Environs. They're setting it up, uh, and we should be getting information about that up on websites at some point soon. Yep, very soon. And then we've got one scheduled for the Minneapolis area in February of 2020. And we will keep you up to speed. If you go to our Facebook page and uh, you you uh, join that page, you'll learn more about that as well. So, Michael, here's the question for today. And, and I know we've touched on this before, but this is going to be a question that will come up again and again. It's a personal one for me because I've got a couple kids who fall into this kind of a question. This is from Lindsay. I'm going to get straight to the point. My seven-year-old son is displaying signs of ADD, lack of focus, can't follow simple directions, has to be redirected a lot in school and at home, as well as signs of hyperactivity. He can't sit still, falls out of chairs, uh, gets super stimulated at times. He also can be impulsive and rough with other kids at times, but I know there's more age appropriate, uh, but I know that there's more age appropriate in that fact that he's male. Um, is there a difference between ADD? and ADHD, and hyperactivity in young boys? Can one be hyperactive and not be ADD? 
and can sometimes these two conditions overlap? And then, when is it just bad behavior? When we can turn all this around with more structure, behavior incentives, and appropriate punishments when needed, Thank you for the wonderfully informative podcast. Now, just to uh, personalize a little bit for me, I've got a granddaughter, uh, very, very smart, our first grandchild, who just went on a medication to help her focus, and it's made a great deal of difference in her life, and she can tell the difference, and I have a grandson who has just gone on one to help him with focus as well. So we've wrestled with these very same kinds of questions. So, uh, Michael, let me start. Uh, by asking uh, this question, talk a little bit about ADD and ADHD, what the difference is maybe between those two, and what that condition is. Okay. So ADD, attention deficit, and then ADHD, hyperactive component, um, they are grouped together, but the hyperactive component, can't you can have that without having significant focus problems. Um, but they do act together quite often because if you think about it, if someone is hyperactive, you know, they, they jump around, let's say, physically and almost metaphorically. So they may well have focus problems. They may not finish a specific task. They may focus on it for a while and then move to another one, get distracted, move to another one. So that's why they're grouped, ADHD, ADD. Um, but in answer to a question, that yeah, they could be separate. Uh, I, I had hyperactivity as, as a kid, so I was on Ritalin when I was 10 for about six months, and um, and I was definitely hyperactive. The Ritalin helped. Uh, I, I am a believer that when someone really has these, um, what we call these disorders that, that, as you've just said, you know, it can really help, and the meds can help. So um, that's one thing to say, but the, a second thing to say is that the, sometimes it is boy related um like she said it's it, sometimes it can be boy energy and especially if that's happening in a system so if the misinterpretation so the strategy is if if a school if the child is constantly being accused of being hyperactive and unable to focus let's say in the school but at home the child focuses fine and is not hyperactive um so then, you know, it could be that that system or that structure isn't set up for his energy um, and his way of doing things, and that that's what has to be dealt with. But if he's if he's both at home and school, you know, showing any of these signs, uh, then then he probably would be someone we'd say, okay, he he has it, uh, or she, uh, like your granddaughter, she has it, and the meds may well be helpful. Uh, starting the meds too early is something to watch out for because these meds do affect you know, brain development, or they can affect brain development. So want to be doing this with the care of and of, of a professional who specializes in this. And also after some neuropsych batteries have been done, which is many hours of, of that practitioner, you know, meeting that doctor meeting with this child and putting a child through what we call neuropsych batteries. Um, it, we shouldn't uh, generally be giving meds uh, unless we've done these neuropsych batteries because of that kind of confusion that Leslie's hinting at, that you don't know if it's bad behavior, you don't know if it's ADD, you don't know if it's ADHD, you don't really, you know, you don't know what it is. So there's there's a lot to unpack here because it's such a confusing process for parents to go through. And, and I think that this is what Lindsay's trying to get at. How do I know if it's just hyperactivity? How do I know if it's boy behavior? How do I know if it's the system? Uh, you know, how do I know if he's ADHD? And uh, so let's start a little bit with the system itself. Um, we've both shared the statistic before that about 85% of all Ritalin-type drugs prescribed throughout the world are prescribed to our boys here in the United States. 
And that, to me, and I know to you, says that this is not a boy problem. That's a systems problem. So what might be some things, if you've got a boy who's constantly being uh, evaluated as hyperactive, let's say, or lack of focus, uh, before you start looking to medication or whatever, what might you look for in the system itself that could be promoting that? Yeah. Well, remember that the simple answer to everything here is neuropsych batteries. So if people are saying, you know, what's the strategy to figure out what it is, uh, be thinking neuropsych batteries. Don't be thinking 10-minute conversation with pediatrician, but be thinking four to six-hour neuropsych batteries with a professional who... Uh, who, this is their life, so so that's the simple answer to everything. Um, then to can peel I, it can back, I interrupt you? Can I interrupt yeah. you for just a moment? Where oh, yeah. would people find that kind of person? Yeah, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, clinics that specialize in ADD, ADHD. These professionals who spe- who specialize in it. Um, kind of a national example is the Amen Clinics. It is one of their specialties, and they've identified through brain scans a seven. And actually, I believe he's added an eighth kind of ADD. So you going in the direction of those people who, when you look at their advertising, their websites, you can see they specialize, and then you go deeper in, or you make the call to them, and you say, do you do neuropsych batteries? Got it. Great. Thank you. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so let's talk about so, yeah. school systems, for example. Yeah, and that's a that's a system, as we've said, that's filled with these wonderful people, but we want to remember not a lot of training in college and grad school and and teacher certification on how males um, utilize their bodies, how they utilize focus on the attention focus parts of their brain and the different the differences between like the cingulate gyrus in males and the cingulate gyrus in females. Um, female cingulate gyrus being four times generally more active or up to four times more active than males. So so males and females are different in the way they approach tasks, uh, the way they use their gray matter and white matter. And so all, all of that, if the system is trained in that, you tend to see, so if the teachers are trained, administrators get trained in it, uh, you tend to see less of these diagnoses. Um, uh, and we estimate from our pilot study, our two-year pilot study, that around, we have around a 40% misdiagnosis rate in those systems. And and it is and those kids have not done neuropsych batteries. They're just sort of being told by the system, I think you might have a, a kid who's ADD or a kid who's ADHD. You might check that out. Um, we find around, a, around 40%. That means that more than half of the kids really do have it. Like, I really did have it, you know? So, so... It is a real thing, and a lot of Americans' kids have it. Um, but I think also, to your point, 
we, especially in the U.S., both the teachers and the parents, we want to remember that parents are part of that system. So parents themselves are sometimes saying, oh, I think my kid's hyperactive. Let's get him on meds uh, so that he can do better, get better grades, uh, be better liked uh, by the teachers. So it's parents and teachers together who who mean well. They're, they love these kids, and they, without realizing it, may just not understand the way that this kid learns, the way male brain learns and male body functions in a system. And so, to give one concrete example before I end this piece, when you know when kids are when you've got fourth graders and they are sitting in chairs, right, for forty five minutes with no brain breaks, they're not allowed to roll around. They're they have to do everything sitting in these chairs. So that's a both a metaphor and literal example of a system that doesn't understand that the male brain is cerebellum dependent. It needs it needs physical movement or at least some kind of of uh, physical distraction or internal physical movement, imaginative, uh, a brain break. It needs something, you know, every 15 to 20 minutes for sure in order to perform as well as we want it to perform. And there will be some boys who don't need that because nothing's, you know, 100%. There's some boys who in that given hour don't need it. But large numbers of boys will need that cerebellum activity, that movement and doing activity. Um and that system's not trained in that, so it's no wonder that that out of a class of 30, let's say, 15 girls, 15 boys, we might find five to seven of the boys in that class with teachers and parents thinking, boy, I think my kid has a problem, when really it might be one or two who have the disorder, maybe three, but the other half of those, three or four, actually probably don't have the disorder. The, the, the system just doesn't understand how their brains work. So if you're a parent and you are hearing from the teacher and you're seeing maybe uh, some hyperactivity from your son. How does a, what's a good way for a parent to approach? And we did a podcast on this earlier, but what's a good way for a parent or parents to approach the teacher and, uh, and at least find out what's happening in the classroom to see if uh, it's a system problem? Yeah. So I have some steps that I always suggest. Um, uh, first, there's no reason parents can't go in and observe I mean, there's very few schools that have some rule against that, so they got to work work out a way. Go into administrators and say, "Hey, I, you know, I've been being told this. Someone's saying this might be the case. I want to come in and observe the classroom, and try to set that up." Um, uh, secondly, or or simultaneously, set up a parent-led team, and because what will be happening is if you think your son, if your son has been told he is hyperactive, or you've been told he's hyperactive, or has ADD, ADHD. Um, he, he may well. If if it's a systems problem, though, there's going to be three or four other sets of parents in that classroom whose kids are being told this, or during the school day, um, you know, in five, six classrooms are being told this. So make a team out of you and these parents, and um, now you're five sets of parents, so maybe ten parents or or eight to ten parents. And that, that's the right way to go in and talk to the principal or head of school and the administrators and say, hey, I think there's actually something going on in the system. Because, look, if it were just my kid, okay, but look at all these kids who are being told they are this. And, and yet, when they're at home, they focus fine you know, et cetera. So, so that parent-led team is crucial because if an individual parent goes in without this sort of support system and without this evidence, really, that maybe it's something in the system, it's going to be harder to get the system to go out, you know, get the training 
uh, to call GI, for instance, and say, okay, we need a trainer to come out and teach us about how boys learn. It's going to be harder for that administrator to do that without a whole group of parents coming in and saying it. If it's just one, it's harder. So if you're a parent and uh, you've got your kids and now, now you've, you've figured out it's not necessarily the system, um, you've talked about getting these, these evaluations done. And, and, and just as an aside, uh, my daughter, for example, uh, has spent years, four or five years, um, trying to find out what's going on with uh, my grandson, with her son. And it wasn't up until now the last few months, after four years of evaluations and a lot of different things, that they decided that maybe he needs to try uh, a med, and it really has helped him focus better. So this isn't something that she rushed into quickly, and I know for my granddaughter, they went through a series of those tests as well. So what you're saying is absolutely spot on. Uh, We don't ever want to do anything unless we really know uh, what's happening. Um, But there there are other steps to try prior, say, to medication? For example, diet. What are some things that maybe we could try with diet? Yeah. Yeah. Look at things like, and Saving Our Sons has stuff in this. Um, Look at uh, gluten. So look at whether the child has a food intolerance that can affect behavior. Um, uh, It could actually be called an allergy or it could be called an intolerance. For this discussion, they're sort of the same thing. They're affecting the genes. So get, get, um, so you have to like a week at a time, you know, take, Take gluten out the first week, uh, see what happens. Take yeast out the second week. Um, and this is under the category of food allergies, so you can also go online and find various things and then you know create a plan for taking something out every week to see uh, could, could that be it. Uh, so also supplements like Amen Clinics. Um, they have a website, right? AmenClinics.com. They do a lot with supplements. Some people have have uh, really great outcomes with taking supplements and don't get on the meds. That also should be done, I think, with the help of of a professional, you know, um, who knows about that, like the Amen Clinics do. Um, and then a, a third thing to do is to alter the structure in what you can control, like the home. You're a parent. You can control the home. So alter that structure so that, um, uh, for instance, homework time is ritualized. Uh, So I'll give a for instance. So six hours in the classroom, let's say, um, and then come home. Need some transition time probably with some physical activity. You know, don't want to jump right into homework. Uh, Probably some physical activity, play some basketball, do something, take a run, ride the bike, you know, do something out in nature so the child makes a transition and then and then okay an hour later starting homework and and if that child has any hypoglycemia or needs a snack make sure the child gets a snack because hyper behavior of course you know goes up when the when the brain's not fueled uh by food uh and by oxygen which means drinking water you know and then it's four o'clock now we're going to structure every afternoon at four o'clock let's say is going to be homework so structure things and if there are sports in the afternoon then obviously you have to structure it differently probably after dinner is homework time but structure it and then another thing you can do at home is is deal with the devices because the devices increase the hyperactivity it can increase the hyperactivity they can increase actually the symptoms of distraction so the add um that that uh, attention deficit or their distractedness. So if they're 10, I'll just pick that. If the child is 10, well, her child, let's say child is seven. So at seven, we don't really want them on very many devices at all. Um, 
uh, and if she, if if this child is on devices, my advice would be get the child off these devices. You know, off phones, very little on computers, on internet at seven. But by ten, you know, probably the child uh, he has started playing some video games. He, I hope he doesn't have a smartphone yet. Shouldn't have one till thirteen, but maybe he does. So cut all of these things back. Because um, and you got to try that for a week or two. See what happens when these are all cut back. And I would give that one at least two weeks. And um, no video games on school nights. No smartphone. You know, and see what happens. Because those are things. Food, devices, and structure are things parents can control. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can we talk a little bit about sugar and caffeine? Do they have oh, an yeah. impact? Yep, sugar's another good one. Take a week of getting them off sugar. See what happens. Uh, sugar, as people probably know by now, it's sugar. You know, it, it just it, insul- it creates all that insulin, right? And the and then and then then it crashes it. And so, yeah, sugar is not healthy for a brain for any learning brain, really. Uh, uh, even though it can feel like, well, you eat sugar. Uh, or, or caffeine, of course, for young kids, we don't want them on caffeine. So caffeine's hopefully not going to really start till their mid-teens. But um, but sugar starts very young, and the and the sh- the sugar can add to this issue because it messes with glucose with insulin, and uh, and so try that for a week or two, getting them off sugar. We went through that process with my granddaughter, particularly with things like gluten. Uh, she tried to get off of uh, dairy products for a while, mm. and. Um, uh, you know, and, and I think in some ways she was probably healthier. These are all things just for health's sake, uh, mm-hmm. especially getting off sugar. Um, but that was a process of elimination. And when those things didn't really make a huge impact on her focus, then her parents knew it was time to get her in for some of those batteries of tests. Um, so if you're finally to the point now where you're going to be putting your child on medication, what are some things that, that, as parents, we want to look for in our children to make sure that they're adjusting well to that medication? Well, um, if they have side effects, and this is where you really got to work with the physician or the psychiatrist, because they're, each medication right, can have potential side effects. So it's going to be those side effects. And um, uh, is, is the child more agitated? Is the child being overstimulated is the child lethargic you know there are there are going to be these various um, side effects which for every med uh you as you as a, a listener as a parent can go online and look at every med and see what its side effects are and of course it will there will be things listed like death and these sorts of things that are listed for everything but what you want is this is the side effects that make the most sense and you watch for those and you'll get that list also from your practitioner and you should ask for that list from your practitioner i want to know the side effects um uh, also look at how 
long it takes. Ask the practitioner, okay, how long is it going to take? Um, and the practitioner may say, well, you know, every child is different, and, which is true, of course. Um, but there is a general, there's generalizations about how long it should take to take effect. And if you want to get specific to your child, um, I believe we've mentioned this before, but Alpha Genomics, these companies, there are these uh, gene testing companies that that you, your practitioner, your physician can order these gene tests, and then the gene tests will tell um, the practitioner, and then you can read them as well, but you need help reading them, which drugs are going to be better for your child's genes and which drugs are going to be worse for your, your child's genes. So um, that can be helpful. That's, that's also not a panacea, but it can be very, very helpful. And I, my wife, my kids, we've done those tests, and in some things, because we take meds, and some things... They haven't, you know, it hasn't panned out. But a lot of things, it has panned out. And uh, we we realized before we took these tests, we, I was on blank med 10 years ago. Didn't seem to be working well or I had side effects. Then I took these tests. I understand what meds are better for me. Um, and I'm taking those meds now, and they do work better. So hmm. so the gene testing can be a part of this puzzle, and, um, and, and it can help, not always, but it can help to have your child starting out with the right drug for your child as opposed to starting out with like we have this with depression starting out with Prozac because that's sort of what you know many people start yep. uh, kids and adults on but if Prozac doesn't fit this child's genes or this adult's genes it's not going to work well or it's going to have negative side effects so it can be you know you could start on the right one earlier uh, if you get these tests now, you mentioned uh, your book, Saving Our Sons, and same with Minds of Girls. You've got a whole chapter about uh, sort of diet and so on in, in both of those books and some of the toxins that our kids are ingesting as well. Right, right. And and we, we because this question was about boys, obviously we've talked mainly about boys, but you know, if you have a girl who's hyperactive or ADD, much of this applies. That's why I have it, I have it in both books. With girls... Um, uh, in the minds of girls, it talks about this, that when females have ADD, we call it female type ADD often because they may still be getting Bs uh, and even As in their classes right? Um, because the female brain has so many fail-safes for attention uh, and focus that they, you know, they may be completing tasks well enough, but they feel really flighty and they feel like they're constantly distracted and overstimmed and taking on too many tasks. And so they may, they may well have it, but it may look different. Uh, and especially because males have also more of the hyperactive component than females do. So, um, so it is important. Uh, this is why I, I differentiate. The Saving Our Sons has it for boys. Minds of Girls has it for girls. Yes, there's overlap, but there's also some gender differentiation too. Hmm. Uh, if you have a question uh, that you would like for us to answer uh, on the podcast, you can go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and there's a place there to submit questions, and we'll put you in the queue. Uh, we have uh, several questions uh, coming up here in the next few podcasts, and they're all such good questions, and they really do lead to hopefully some good discussions. Um, Michael, as we kind of wrap up this one, uh, let's go back sort of to that question and just to summarize. Uh, Lindsay's asking the question, how do I know if this is just hyperactivity, if this is bad behavior, or if this is ADHD? So kind of summarize for us a process that parents would go through to sort of help determine what's going on in the life of their boy or their girl. Yeah, if it's bad behavior, I think you're going to get more than one person seeing that. 
you know, and this is where you have a team. You have, you know, mom, dad, or two partners who are together, a nuclear unit. And then you also have probably an extended family unit, which could include mentors, teachers. More than one person is going to be saying this is bad behavior, I think, um, uh, you know, in the aggregate, like watching this happening over a period of weeks and saying, oh, this is a misbehaved boy. I think more than one person will be saying that, and that will show you, oh, you know, maybe I, this is bad behavior. Maybe I need to alter the way I'm, I'm parenting. Um, and then, of course, the answer to the other part is the neuropsych batteries. You go through a process like you and your family went through. You go through a process of looking at foods, of looking at neurotoxins, of, you know, of getting them out, titrating them out. And you also go get neuropsych batteries. I hope that summarizes that one. Yeah. And, and I, I think what we want to say to parents is that this is not something that you uh, are able to get at uh, in one or two days. This is a process of really trying to understand what's going on in the life of your child. Uh, you're going to need probably some expert help along the way. And um, uh, and I, I've watched it now uh, with my granddaughter and my grandson, the, the process that it is, um, sort of the, the starts and stops that can come with that. But um, to get at it and to get at it early and, and to do it well and to do it right, it will pay dividends in the long run. And that's what we all want as parents. We want our kids to be healthy. We want them to be strong. We want them to succeed, to be good citizens, to be good men and women. And um, there are a lot of tools available to us today, uh, that, including this podcast, that can really help us uh, help our children and, um, and to be good parents as we enjoy them growing up. Uh, any last words, Michael, you want to bring? I, I think my last word would be that I, I so appreciate Leslie's vigilance and all the parents' vigilance on this um, because, you know, it really is true that that these medications, they are really, they are really good. I'm not anti-medication. They're good. Uh, at the same time, these medications can have lasting effects yep. on brain development. So the vigilance that she's feeling is a righteous vigilance, and, and the concept of using these meds I believe ought to be, unless it's just so, so severe in a child, the concept ought to be, I, I, if we get to the point where we're doing meds, that we're doing meds for a certain period of time. Mm. And, and not, I'm not thinking meds for 10 years. You know, We're yep. wanting to think meds for, let's say, six months and see what happens. Um, uh, so I guess that's the last thing I would say. That's, that's really helpful advice. Um, and even thinking about my own grandkids, it's good advice to have. Well, Michael, as always, appreciate your great insights, and we oh, appreciate uh, the, the questions that people ask. And we really appreciate our friends up there at the Center, A Place of Hope. And you can learn more about them at uh, wonderofparenting.com. Again, if you've got questions, send them in. And uh, we look forward to being with you uh, next time. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. And thanks, parents, for listening. We'll join you again next time on the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.